quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connective parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle and I'm here again and I'm talking about the three ways in which you can stop being a control freak or a yeller or a punisher. And I get this asked question and asked a lot, how'd you do it? How did you move from this idea of punishments and threats and yelling and control into a more connected way to parent? And I've broken it down into the three things that I think are important and the ways in which I worked on that issue for myself. And let me just tell you, it wasn't an overnight transformation, but it was a transformation in itself. And it has projected me into this place where I can truly have an incredible relationship with my girls. Is it perfect? I say it all the time. No, but it is 95% really amazing. And as the kids get older, it gets better and better and better. Whereas with some of the people I know, They tend to tell me as their kids get older and into teenagehood that things get worse and worse. So I've had just the opposite experience. I attribute it to what I'm going to share with you right now. So the first and most important thing to try to create in your body and in your mind and in this whole spirit of parenting is that you want to make this change, that you actually deeply desire to change from yelling and control and punishments and consequences and threats and bribes into being a more connected, calm, loving parent and that you can see yourself as that. And what does that look like? So I would take a piece of paper and I would write down, what do I want to embody as a parent? And for me, it was, I want to be calm. I don't want to yell. I would like to have, um, you know, a peaceful home. I would like kids who do not fight. I want to facilitate, you know, a an idea of problem solving as opposed to going to this idea of punishment or threat or using control. So you might want to write down, what does that look like for you? When you picture the parent that you would like to be, one, do you believe that you could be that person? And if you doubt yourself, you say, oh, I can never be that person. You know, Michelle can do it because she's probably just like a calm person already. And she probably came from a great upbringing, all of which is not true, by the way. And these other people can do it, but I can't do it because I'm just not calm. And I came from a really bad background. And so it's really hard for me. And I just, I can't do it. If you tell yourself you can't do it, then you're not going to do it. So You have to get into the right state of mind and you really have to believe and embody that you are going to be a parent who loves their child unconditionally and that you are going to stop using these ideas that don't work and that you see yourself, whatever this image is, you see yourself as this connected, calm and loving person and parent. So then writing down all of the things that you want to be, 
or what you already believe you really are. Because I think for me too, I was those things. I really am an actually calm person when it comes to parenting. I actually am a love. I can love unconditionally and have empathy. And I possessed all of those qualities. It was just a matter of bringing them to the surface because they had been so masked in my unmet needs and in my hurts and in my own childhood, they had become buried. It was, you know, a project for me to dig myself out of those coping mechanisms, right? So the coping mechanism of getting defensive and the coping mechanism of taking it personally and the coping mechanism of becoming angry at someone who would do something to me, namely my kids. So when I uncovered these coping mechanisms and then started to unravel them, my true self began to come out. But it started with imagining myself as the parent I wanted to be. So maybe you write down all of the things that you would like to see yourself as, or that you probably, what you what we can write is, I am these things. I have these qualities. I am an empath. I, am, I can love unconditionally but I want to bring that out in my parenting. So all the characteristics that you would like to see in your parenting, and maybe you see them sometimes, but you'd like to see them more often, or you'd like to see those be your default, you know, a way to problem solve, to be a good helper during a sibling fight, just all of the things that you would like to embody as a parent. So you're going to write down all of the things that you want to get rid of, and then all of the things that you would like to embody. So I think that's a really good exercise and that will really get you in this mindset of, seeing yourself as this person that you want to be and become. And you can do that. But the first step, like I said, you have to believe it. You have to believe that you can be that person and you can. You can be whoever you want to be. So can I. So can our kids. We can all be who we desire to be if we believe that that is our path and we believe that's who we are. I truly believe that. So that's step number one. So step number two is that you have to change your parenting ideology mindset. We come from behaviorism. Our parents were likely taught behaviorism, their parents, and so on. And the behaviorism is really punishments and rewards. So we have to actually believe in our heart of hearts that those things don't work. But what I often find is that people continue to doubt it. Well, what if my kid never understands about consequences. Well, what if I'm setting them up to, you know, never be able to endure anything bad in this world because my house is just so fluffy? You know, what if this is going to make them a narcissist? What if they're so into themselves and egotistical that they will, they'll never be able to have empathy for anyone else? Lots, they'll be a snowflake. They will be, you know, horrible, terrible, entitled kids. I hear a lot of things that have parents doubt that you not using punishments and consequences actually works. And it does. It really does work. We have a conventional wisdom that tells us that if we don't give our child a punishment or a consequence, or if we don't give them a reward, they won't learn or they won't understand the consequences of life. This is just a falsity. It's an absolute you know, it's a belief system that is out there, but that belief system is untrue. So you have to move your belief system. So if you come to this work and you want to not yell and you want to not use punishments and you want to not use rewards and you want to be a calm parent, 
you're not really going to be able to unless you move that belief system because that belief system is going to constantly be pushing you to be angry because your child is never going to be able to be perfect. They are always going to make a mistake. They are always going to push the boundaries. They're always going to say and do the wrong thing once in a while because they're children. And if each time they do that, you start doubting your methodology, you will resort to yelling and using punishments because in the back of your head, you think you have to in order to create children who are quote unquote, well-behaved. And that goes to this other ideology that if our children aren't well-behaved, that we're not good parents. And that if whatever the behavior they have is a, is a manifestation of the way in which we parented and therefore we are you know, failing. But this isn't true. These conventional wisdoms are just conventional wisdoms. They're not law. They are not absolutes and they are definitely not true. And what I see is now that my children are 14 and 17, very soon to be 15 and 18, I 100% without a shadow of the doubt believe even more deeply in this parenting method without punishments and consequences and rewards because my 18-year-old is delicious right now. I mean, amazing. And she understands the world way better than I did at 18 because she's been given the space to do so without the punishments. She comes to her own idea around morality because we've given her that space and she understands the world very well. And she understands other people very well, which is interesting. And she won't, she understands people that she doesn't want to be around and doesn't want to gravitate towards, but she can still be very nice to them and, and understand them in a social setting. And she gravitates towards people who are great people, which is, that's the incredible thing. If you're punishing your kids, I'm going off on a tangent now, sorry. If you're punishing your kids, then you're showing them that good people, because we're good people, right? And if we use punishments, it can be very confusing. Oh, well, my mom's a really great lady, but she's using these punishments. So maybe punishments are okay. Maybe it's okay if people punish me. So we'll push the people-pleasing kid into being around um, a partner or a friend who uses, you know, manipulation. So we want to be really careful about what we're modeling. And we want to make sure that we are modeling the best things because we don't want our kids to get confused and, and equate love with manipulation because that would be an unfortunate outcome for some kids. ADHD affects so many of our families and finding the right care can be a challenge. With Done, you can get the care you need 24-7. At donefirst.com, you have an expert team who can help you get personalized treatment for you and your sweet kids. ADHD doesn't have to jeopardize the connection you share with your family. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, one-click refills, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co-pays as low as $0. Visit get.donefirst.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Done. Turn ADHD into your strength. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. ByHeart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. 
BiHeart is an easy to digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey to casein ratio, like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. BiHeart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about BiHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So you have to embrace this mindset that you are actually willing to let go of control. That sounds scary, right? I'm going to let go of control. No, I need control. I'm the parent. I have to have control. What am I going to do? The kids can't have control. You can't put the kids in control. You're not putting the kids in control, but you are not trying to control your child. And when you control your behavior, when you control your yelling, and when you can control the ways in which you come to your parenting, like if you get rid of manipulations, now you're more in control of yourself. Because when you're yelling or when you're using punishments, you're usually doing it out of anger or upset or dysregulation. And that is a very out of control place to be. But when you stop doing those things, you are more in control of yourself. You might not be in control of your kid, but that's really an impossibility. We can't control other people. We really can't. We can only control ourselves. And when we can control ourselves by not yelling or using punishments or rewards, now we're keeping the environment calmer because only one person's having a meltdown. Only a child is having their feelings. Only the kid is losing it. We aren't. But that change and transformation can't come unless you embrace the mindset that you're actually doing the right thing, that you deeply believe that punishments don't work. You have to believe that. You have to get on this bandwagon of no consequences because I can tell you they don't work. They really don't. And some people will say, well, they work for my kid. My kid's compliant. Well, you might just have a compliant kid, but what's it doing below the surface? Is it wreaking havoc? Is it causing people pleasing? Is it causing perfectionism? Like, I don't know. I don't know your kid, but I bet if we, you and I sat down and we got in there, I could learn a few things, right? And you would too, if we just talked about it. So you might appear to be working for some children, like my Pia, it always worked, worked, quote unquote, work. But I'll tell you what too, she's um, 15 and now she has a voice and her voice is, it's a little bit sassier than it was. And I say good for her. I'm so glad she can finally stand up for herself. I'm so glad she can assert herself, even if it's just because I'm playing the wrong music. (laughs) That's okay. I'm so much more able to roll the punches now because I've already been through one kid, you know, and the second one is becomes a bit easier because you're like, ah, seen this before. I remember. I remember. It's okay. Don't get excited. Don't take it personally. You're going to be okay. So those two things I think are super important. And then the third piece that I believe is, is important is leaning into connection. You can get rid of the punishments all you want, but if you don't actually use connection in your home, in all the, you know, 10 ways that I teach, then you won't be cultivating the relationship piece. And when you don't cultivate the relationship piece, then you still have kids who have kind of wonky behavior. Now, granted, they're going to have difficult behavior no matter what, because they're children. And that's what happens. But the more connection you use, the more you can temper that behavior because they feel better. So if you 
if you have better behavior going on in your house, if you have calmer kids who are more connected with prefrontals that are engaged, who can make good decisions and who have better impulse control and um, reasoning skills because their brain is intact, then they're not making doing these crazy things that make you want to yell, that make you want to punish, that make you want to pull your hair out and lose, lose your mind. Plus, the added most incredible benefit is you're creating a deep bond with your kid and that bond will last a lifetime. And let me just say one other piece that I think is important that, that goes along with number two, you have to embrace the new mindset around it. One little tiny skill that I think is helpful is always stopping in the moment and saying, if, if you find yourself wanting to punish or if you find yourself wanting to yell, stopping, if you can, and thinking to yourself, why? Why do I want to yell right here? Like, actually, why? I've had to ask my kids seven times to put their shoes on, but why am I getting mad? Are you getting mad because you have to go and there's this big time crunch and you're worried about being on time? And is this what is going on behind the scenes for you? Are you mad because nobody ever listens to you? Nobody ever listens to you as a kid. Do you feel like you're, you know, dismissed? Are you taking it personally? What for you is coming up and where is it coming from? And can you dig in there and journal about it? and really dissect it, and then try to make a change. That's a good skill to, to really kind of use when you feel like you want to yell, especially yelling. I think for me, when I started to really think like, why, am I, why do I want to yell? What's wrong with me? And it's not just because my parents yelled. It's something my child did that triggered me into this sp- space of alert. And usually it's an unmet need. For me, it is anyway. And when I can journal about it, it helps me process it a bit more. Okay, so back to number three, connection. So you've got to really use connection as a way. Connection is everything. You know, the first piece is like mindset and and also really understanding that punishments and consequences and rewards don't work and changing that ideology. It's also seeing yourself as somebody who doesn't yell. But the connection piece is the bigger, more important piece. But one of these pieces can't, you know, they all have to be working together in a conjunction in order for this all to come together, I guess is my point. It's like a little puzzle. You can't just see yourself as a better parent. You can't just embrace a new mindset and you can't just use connection. You actually have to use all of it in order to make that transformation. But you're making huge transformation. You're making generational transformation. You are absolutely changing the trajectory of your family. I know I have. My girls are going to be completely different people and parents than I was or than my parents were or their parents. And it it changed dramatically in this generation for us because of this dramatic change I made. So the connection piece is all of the little tools of connection. If you don't understand the tools of connection, then I would listen to the first 10, 15 podcasts. They really describe connection. Actually, all of the, all of the podcasts does, but those are like the mechanics around it. Or, you know, if you don't want to do that, you want to get some coaching. We have, I have a coach and I coach myself. And we also have um, our 30-day challenge and our mastermind program. We have lots of stuff going on where you can get support and learn the ideas of connection. And when we teach the ideas of connection, we also teach all the ideology around punishments and why punishments don't work and, and the thought process behind that. And 
we help you make that move, right? We help you and it's not easy. And so I'd say when I work with parents for six weeks, it might take three weeks to really understand some of these things and that it's not like a quick fix. It is more of a slow burn until the end. But I'd say after six or eight or 10 weeks, we've got a really big movement my clients and with the people in my programs and that they really understand things in a much deeper, profound way. I can tell you all this stuff in a, in a podcast, but can you go home and execute it? And, and maybe some pieces of it you can, and maybe you can execute it all. I don't know. I couldn't. I needed more concrete instruction and I needed practice and someone to bounce things off of. And that made sense for me. So If you want to stop being a control freak, if you want to stop trying to be a perfectionist, if you want to stop using punishments and you want to stop yelling, these are the three ideas. You have to want to make that change. You have to see yourself as somebody different. You have to embrace a new mindset around parenting that punishments and rewards actually don't work. And you have to believe that deeply. You can't just say, oh, maybe, I don't know. You actually have to believe it or it won't work. And then the ideas of connection, really getting bonded to our kid and really responding to each situation using connection instead of shame. All right. I hope this was helpful. Thank you for joining me on the Peace and Parenting podcast, and I will see you guys next time. 